Today we are looking at Christ's Lordship. There are many passages you can go through in Scripture to look at Christ's Lordship. But I think you'll find that this is uh, the passages I'm going to share today might be ones you weren't expecting. First hour, we've been looking at fear, anxiety, and worry. I know most of us probably don't deal with that. Actually, the opposite. We all deal with that. And then last week, Eric opened up with trust. And so this week, we're looking at the Lordship. And I think these all really work together so well. You have fear. We've all had it. You have the anxiety. You have the worries of life, the troubles of life, the trials of life. And then, and then we talk about trust. Christ has truly proven to be trustworthy. And today we'll see that in his lordship, he is worthy to be trusted. I'm going to start by reading out of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, if you want to follow along. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him, And listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gesenaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land, and he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement has seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Now think of what's happening here. Think of the passage of what what he's saying. First of all, Simon addresses them as master. It says that they were hearing the word of God being taught, but he then goes out and he says he catches all these fish. And what's Simon Peter's response? He fell down. He fell down at Jesus' feet and says, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. You ever had that feeling? You ever had that that breaking down of your soul to say, Lord, I don't even deserve to be in your presence. Just go away from me. I'm a sinful man. And it says they were amazed and all his companions at the fish that was caught. And this is all leading up, continuing on in in verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, just stop there for a minute. There's no way I can expound on what I all read about leprosy and studied for this. But one thing I can tell you, this man should have never been within the city based on the rules and regulations of leprosy because of the fact these people that had leprosy, they were distanced. They were outcasts from society. They were shunned. 
They were alone. They were separated. It kind of almost reminded me of what was happening within this country and within this world when COVID was going on. Get away from me. You're unclean. And yet here he comes to him and even addresses him as Lord. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Continuing on in verse 13, he stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. There's another situation. You would have never touched a leper, but Christ touched him and said, be clean. That was as bad as touching a dead body back then. But here he touches him, and he's cleansed. Verse 14, and he ordered, tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. But you think of the fact he he fell on his face. He begged him. Jesus touched him, and it was immediate. Sin Sin is like leprosy of the soul. And you can think, Lord, away from me. I'm an unclean man. But what does Jesus do for us? He reaches out and touches us, and he heals us. Sin is the leprosy of the soul which no man can heal, but Jesus can, and he can touch us and heal us. Verse 17, continuing on. It's like all this is building up. So we see the the miracle of fish. We see the healing of the leper. But then we get to verse 17. One day he was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of him. But not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. What do you think went through their mind? Do you think that they brought that man to be lowered down to say, Your sins are forgiven? Think of what the crowds thought of. What is going on here? His sins are forgiven. What's that mean? Continue on, verse 21. The scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins have been forgiven you, or to say, Get up and walk? Now think about this. Which is easier to say? Your sins have been forgiven? Or get up and walk? What was the first thing Jesus did? The most important thing. Your sins are forgiven. And then you think about the fact, now, how would they have seen that? If he said your sins are forgiven, there was nothing visible that could have been seen. But then he says, but so that you may know 
that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. Think of it. He first forgives his sins. Like all of us who have come to Christ, your sins are forgiven, you've been cleansed. But then he heals him to say, I have authority, and here's the proof. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. They were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God, and they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen remarkable things today. You see, only God can do that. Only God can forgive sin. Only God can heal like he healed this man, like he healed the leper, like he filled the, the nets with fish. Only God can do these things. But here, the healing confirmed the forgiveness and the authority of the Lord to do those things. Now I'll turn over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Now it happened that he was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath, and his disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating the grain. But one, some of the Pharisees said, Why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answering them said, Have you not even read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for any to eat except the priests alone, and gave it to his companions. And he was saying, and as he was saying to them, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. But he knew what they were thinking. That's kind of like our last passage. He knew what they were thinking, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he got up and came forward. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, isn't it amazing the questions Jesus asked? I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life? or to destroy it. After looking around at them all, he said to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they themselves were filled with rage and disgust together what they might do to Jesus. So you think back at the last passage, he says, you know, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk? Here he gives another question. You know, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Or should I not do good on the Sabbath? And then continuing on in chapter 7, look at chapter 7 of Luke. When he had completed all his discourse in the hearing of the people, he went to Capernaum. And as and a certain centurion slave who was highly regarded by him was sick and about to die. That's not common for the master to think so highly of a slave because slaves were often looked at as just a tool, an instrument that was used. So that wasn't common. And when he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. That's not common either to have a great relationship between Jew and Gentile. 
When they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him. For he loves our nation, and it was he who built us our synagogue. So there must have been some good relationship there with them. Now Jesus started on his way with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Does that sound similar to another passage we recently read this morning? And not only that, isn't it interesting how the, the guys that he sent for said, you need to do this because he's worthy, and he's saying, no, don't even come. I'm not worthy. I'm not allowed. I shouldn't even have you under my roof. He says, for this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority with soldiers unto me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes to my slave, do this, and he does it. So he understood. He himself being a centurion, which usually you, you ruled over approximately 100 men, sometimes more, sometimes less, but he himself was under authority. He knew what it meant when he was told, go do this, but he also knew him being a third authority, knew what it was like to tell someone to go do this, and they better go do it. So he fully understood, knowing that Christ, he says, you know, if you just say this, this is under your authority. It can be done. My servant will be healed. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him. How many people in Scripture has Jesus been marveled with and amazed at? He knows us. And turned and said to the crowd that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel, not even Israel, the chosen nation, have I found such great faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. Think about this, what's being done here. He says, I'm not even worthy. Just like Simon Peter, just like us, I'm not worthy. But by God's amazing love, he shows his lordship, touches out and heals me, a sinful leper. It shows the lordship of Christ, his authority to not only heal the body to demonstrate he was Lord, but the fact that he can cleanse the soul. All the other physical healings that were done were only temporal because those people died. But the healing and cleansing of the soul, that's eternal. It never goes away. Bought for us in heaven for all eternity. That's our Lord. Bought and paid the price to cleanse us. As the scripture says, do not lose heart, but encourage one another with these words.